You're listening to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. Danny and Jason had many discussions and debates on the back porch while making pivotal investment moves with assets. That's right, with trading cards. They welcome you to the back porch and right into those discussions about current sports news with a fresh and unique twist. So come on and join us. Welcome to the Back Porch Top Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jason. Your co-host, Danny. Fans, we got a full show for you today. So let's get to it. Danny, first we'll talk about the NBA. Playoffs. NFL draft. Our thoughts. And an interesting trading card scenario. But first, Danny, to the NBA. The NBA playoffs where the Milwaukee Bucks actually lost to the uh, Boston Celtics on last evening, tying the series one game to one. Uh, and man, Danny, this is just what I saw last night was just um, bad refereeing, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also saw uh, the fact that we missed Chris Middleton, but I also also saw uh, Jalen Brown just go completely off in the first half. <laughs> yep. The Bucks lost 109-86 uh, last evening. Uh, Giannis tried to do his thing. Giannis had a terrible first half. Um, but he ended up with 28 points, 9 rebounds, 7 assists. Jalen Brown had 30 points, 5 rebounds, 6 assists. Uh, but just, a, man, just an interesting game all the way around where Boston was actually making shots, uh, making their three-pointers that mm-hmm. they didn't make. Uh, in the first game. But I will say this, though. What I saw in the second half was a, was a Milwaukee Bucks team that uh, was a little bit more aggressive. Giannis started to go off, and the Boston Celtics started to miss shots. Mm-hmm. And so, Danny, I think the Bucks are going to win this series. But they're going to have to have all of their – all the team to really contribute it's just not going to be on Giannis because I think they're going to clamp down on Giannis a little bit here I think they're going to clamp down on Giannis a little bit here uh we're going to have to have the uh the outside shooting to be a little bit more consistent and we're going to miss that mid-range jumper that Chris Milton actually provides but nonetheless I think the Bucks uh, has the opportunity before them and I think they're going to take advantage of it what say you Danny Jason, this one was a complete opposite of what happened Sunday. Like you mentioned, Boston, they made 23 pointers. The Bucks made three. Mm-hmm. Jalen Brown got off to that hot start, which ultimately helped them in the end because Boston went cold in that fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. And truth be told, they are playing even ball in the second half. It was just that lead they jumped out to, and Grant Williams had a big game. He had seven three-pointers. Let me just check to make it official, but he ended up with 21 points. And a lot of his shots, he was sitting there wide open. Like, no one was even close. So for them to knock down their shots, and then, like I said, in the second half, Boston looked a little panicked. And in that fourth quarter, they tightened up a little bit. They airballed a couple three-pointers. They missed some easy shots. And then at the end, they pulled it out. 
but another key thing in this game was Brooke Lopez having two points. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there is no way in the world Brooke Lopez should have two points. Oh, man. In a game against a team that doesn't have a seven-footer. But will make the adjustments. I don't see the Bucks losing this series just based on how bad they have been playing. Mm-hmm. And I, I see them turning around once they get home. But another thing was Marcus Smart didn't play either last night. Mm-hmm. So curious when he comes, I don't know when he's coming back, if that's going to hurt Boston without having him out there as another body uh, down the stretch of the series. Eagerly anticipating game three on Saturday. And Danny, just to add to that, so in the first game, Boston shot 53 pointers. Mm-hmm. I think that's the most in franchise history in a playoff game. Yep. And they played right into the Milwaukee Bucks drop defense strategy. Mm-hmm. Boston couldn't get anything on the inside at all in the first game. Now, they had a little success in the second game. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit of success. I think they went a little bit more towards the mid-range jumper, but definitely in the three-pointers, uh, if you will. I think if Milwaukee continues to play this drop defense, I think they'll be okay because Boston, they can start off hot. The big question is whether or not they can consistently do this. And I believe mm-hmm. it's going to be an adjustment by the Milwaukee Bucks to really go ahead and play um, really the players in the mid-range game a little bit more, um, have, show a little bit more defense. But defensively in game two, Milwaukee was still okay. That's, mm-hmm. what, that's what leads me to believe that Milwaukee is going to win this game or win this series. Uh, and so game three is going to be very interesting, like you said, to see how they come out. But, man, I'm pulling for Milwaukee in this series. Another game that actually happened last night was that of the Golden State Warriors against the Memphis Grizzlies and where uh, Memphis actually had actually pulled this game out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, oh, boy, what a performance by none other than John Morant, man. You kidding me? Man. John had 47 on him, man. 47, eight rebounds and eight assists. Come on, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, Gary Payton the third actually had uh, a terrible accident, a terrible mm-hmm. um, foul put on him while he was in midair, uh, the probably first two minutes of the game. And he ended up actually breaking his elbow. Um, basically, um, his arm broke his fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what was sacrificed there was the elbow, but nonetheless, a uh, bad situation for, for him. Uh, and nonetheless, Memphis ended up winning this game. I think the Warriors had many opportunities to win this game, mm-hmm. uh, but couldn't pull it out. Uh, Steph Curry had 27 points, nine rebounds, eight assists. But man, I just tell you, Danny, you can tell that Steph. Steph's handles aren't as crisp, if you will, mm-hmm. at times, <laughs> um, based upon the turnovers that he gives. Mm-hmm. Sometimes his passing could be a little lackadaisical and, and 
it equates to some turnovers. And I think I, I, I know I saw that in the fourth quarter of this game. Yes. Um, so series is tied one, one going back to uh, San Francisco. What say you, Danny? Jay, these Western conference games, man, are killing me. I wanted to go to bed <laughs> last night and I'm like, dang, this game got really good in the fourth quarter. Yeah, it was just back and forth. And like you said, golden state kept turning the ball over. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, when Steph does that little left hand pass, yep. he was trying to float it. And I think he had maybe three or four turnovers at some crucial moments in that game in the fourth quarter last night. And Clay and Steph missed uncharacteristically bad three pointers. They had some good looks in that fourth quarter where that could have put them possibly in the driver's seat. And Steph just straight bricked one, which you never really see, you never see mm-hmm. clay airball one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The Gary Payton situation was very unfortunate. Dylan Brooks was ejected. Steve Kerr made that abundantly clear during the game and after the game about the play. Mm-hmm. Draymond got knocked out of the game. He ended up coming back. Yeah, man. <laughs> uh, ended up getting stitches. John Morant's performance was off the chain. Uh, he had some big threes. He was taken to the basket he was just unstoppable in that fourth quarter mm-hmm. and his mm-hmm. speed is they're putting Wiggins on him, which I thought was not actually a bad idea to put some length on him, but right. he was just getting to his spots mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's hard to deal with him when he's playing the way he is, man. He was in a zone. Mm-hmm. So I look for golden state to bounce back in game three, especially being at home. And tonight, Danny, we have the 76ers against the Heat mm-hmm. um, without Joel Embiid. I'm not particularly interested in this series until Joel Embiid gets back uh, on the court, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, the big story here, in my opinion, is James Harden and, and the lack of him uh, blowing by the first uh, defender. Um, yep. That has been consistently talked about this year. It's consistently still happening in the playoffs. Uh, I'm not too interested about this particular series until Joel Embiid gets back, um, probably when they get back to Philly. Uh, This Mavericks Sun series should be interesting. You can see the Mavericks maybe getting a game in this series. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe tonight, maybe that game. Who knows? We'll see. Um, Luka had 45 on him last time around. 45, 12 rebounds, eight assists. Golly, man. Did anybody else do anything for Dallas, man? Um, but that's going to be an interesting series, uh, to say at least. What say you, Danny? Yeah, Jay, that Miami Heat Sixers series, I was watching some of that the other night, and Miami got out to a big lead. Philly actually came back and mm-hmm. took the lead at half. And then James Harden disappeared. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think four points. In the second half that you cannot have that you're the superstar you cannot disappear like that then let me ask you this yeah go ahead uh where's this game being played at <laughs> in the bright lights of miami come on man come on South man Beach. we know the history of james hard man come on man let's not let's not sugarcoat this thing man we know the history of james hard man he probably went to the KOD, man. He oh, probably went man. to the KOD, man. King of Diamonds, man. We should get an endorsement, <laughs> King of Diamonds, 
for promoting y'all. But listen, man, we know we listen, man. He's down in Miami. Come on, man. He's down in South Beach. Come on, man. There's a reason why he probably disappeared in, in the <laughs> second half, man. <laughs> I was too busy thinking about what he's gonna be doing post later game. on that night. Think about post game activities. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, so allegedly, allegedly allegedly yes allegedly so i don't see i think miami goes ahead and take care takes care of business you got to take advantage of philadelphia without Embiid. so no telling when Embiid's is coming back with the orbital fracture and the concussion but uh so we'll see what happens tonight there and then phoenix and dallas if Dallas can make their shots, man, they missed some big shots the other night. They Phoenix had control of the game, but Dallas was just hanging around, hanging around. I don't see Dallas winning the series, but I think they make it competitive just because of Luka and mm-hmm. what he can do on the offensive end. DeAndre Ayton had a great game, and he should just destroy Dallas just on just the way he, you know, with his size and his athletic ability. So just getting in down low, JaVale McGee taking advantage of the height. And then you got the leadership of Chris Paul. So I think they'll be all right, but I think Dallas is just going to make it interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now, Danny, on to the NFL where we had a very uh, interesting NFL draft. And let me just say this, Danny. Um, I watched a good portion of this draft. Green Bay Packers uh, started off uh, at the 22nd pick overall and where they actually drafted Quay Walker, a linebacker, linebacker from uh, University of Georgia. Uh, and then the 28th pick, they went ahead and drafted uh, D lineman, nose tackle-ish, nose tackle, uh, and Devontae Wyatt, uh, again, from University of Georgia. Danny, I thought this would be an opportunity actually for the Packers to get a wide receiver in the first round. Uh, But it seemed like six receivers went in the first round. Mm -hmm. And there were reports that the Packers tried to trade to move up um, to actually go ahead and get uh, a wide receiver. That didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And Danny, let me just say this, man. I got to say this. We talked about this in the previous podcast with regards to the trade of Devontae Adams to the Las Vegas Raiders yep. compared to the trade of Tyreek Hill to the Miami Dolphins and what the Dolphins actually gave up. Keep in mind, when Devontae Adams got traded, the Packers only got a first and second round pick mm-hmm. off of that trade. I mean, look at what happened the what Kansas City received for Tyreek Hill. Man, Kansas City got a whole lot of picks, man. Yes, they did. And this to me screams the reason why I just I just don't know about Gutenkiss, man. Now, granted, he he focused on defense. I thought maybe you focus one on one pick on defense and then another on the wide receiver. Yep. He tried to go, go ahead and get uh, to move up in the draft to get a receiver. But if you had more picks, maybe that would have sweetened the pot a little bit more 
for a team to actually trade with you. What saved me from moving on from the Packers, yes, I said it, was the fact that he actually did move up in the second round to draft a wide receiver. Let me just say, we did move up to draft uh, Christian Watson from North Dakota State, um, who is uh, 6'4", about 208 pounds. As fast as all get out, apparently ran a 4-3-6-40. Now, that's some speed. Now, Mm -hmm. again, fans, go back and review some of our previous podcasts. And we have stated this before. We need some speed at that wide receiver position. And I think we're finally starting. We finally drafted some speed here. Mm -hmm. But in order to move up, Gutekunst gave up a second round pick. Yep. So we had two second round picks. We gave up a second round pick uh, to move up and to get a receiver. Nonetheless, I think that again, that really saved me from really just being like, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Um, the Packers went ahead and the third round got an offensive lineman in Sean Ryan from UCLA. Uh, we got another wide receiver in the in the fourth round, Romeo Dubes from Nevada. He runs a 4-4-7-40. He's 6-1-204. Um, and so we get, got some more O-line help in the next round. Um, and in the next couple of rounds, uh, safety and Tyree Carpenter, uh, D lineman offensive tackle so and we got another wide receiver in the seventh round in Samori Torre from Nebraska uh, who runs a 444 in the 40 six feet 191 so we're starting to think about some speed starting to think about some replacements here we'll see what happens but uh, the move up in the draft in the second round I think helped save this draft for the Packers what say you Danny so, Jason, I'm going to talk about my Falcons here. Uh, we went ahead and picked Drake London, wide receiver out of USC, first round with the eighth pick. Uh, thought they may go defense, but you had him on the board. Why not add him to a wide receiving core that's lacking depth? So I thought that was a pretty good pick there. You couldn't go wrong. Uh, second round went Arnold. E from Penn State. I don't want to mess his name up because I don't have the correct pronunciation in front of me. <laughs> but they moved up in the draft a couple five picks to get him. And he's an edge rusher. Desperately needed him. So that was a great pick. They got Troy Anderson, guy out of Montana State, linebacker. But this dude in college played running back. <laughs> linebacker and a few other positions so he's like a jack of all trades type player mm-hmm. and thinking about him when i when they drafted him i thought of Taysom hill mm-hmm. as that mm-hmm. type of player so he's defensive primarily but if you need to flip him on the offensive side of the ball hey you got a weapon you have a weapon there uh they did pick desmond ritter out of cincinnati as a quarterback and I'm curious to see how this goes. He is a pro- he's a project, 
and they're saying it's a battle between him and Mariota for the starting job, so on and so forth, whatever. Mariota's starting. Uh, you wouldn't want to throw him into that situation off top. Why not take a chance third round? He may pan out. And then, two, if they are bad, they're back into the top of the draft next year so they can get someone different if they need to. So it's not a lot invested is what I'm getting at. And then they got another edge rusher, a running back, an offensive lineman, and then a tight end to wrap it up in the sixth round. So all in all, from, from my standpoint, I thought it was a good draft for the Falcons. When they moved up in the second round to get Arnold, I was a little suspect about that because they they spent the fourth round pick as well as, as well as their second round. But he's a good player, man. And they also just resigned Grady Jarrett. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So use they use, they leverage their picks. They use them wisely. Work on that offensive line or defensive line. Got some offensive weapons. The rebuild starts, and we'll see how how things go. And they don't have Ridley this year, so they'll give Drake London an opportunity to get some good reps in as well. Because I, I see him as the number one receiver at this time. You know, a couple of things, Danny, too. Um, the wide receivers went fast in the first round. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, like you said, like you mentioned, the first receiver to go uh, was the likes of uh, Drake London to your Falcons. Uh, but then a couple of picks later, Garrett Wilson, and then it went to run on wide receivers. The very next pick, Chris uh, Alove, uh, Jameson Will- Williams to the Detroit Lions. Um, and then and that was at number 12. Uh, and then at number 16, you had uh, Jahan Dotson. Um, and then finally, uh, Traylon Burks at number 18, I believe, from Arkansas. And, and that was actually uh, a player that the Packers were interested in. Um, so I think probably in their draft board, they were thinking, well, if these receivers who are graded to be first round picks um, are gone, we'll just go ahead and focus in on um, defense or best player available, uh, if you will. Um, so what I noticed in this NFL draft, though, too, Danny, mm-hmm. is there are there amount of trades that happen, trading of picks, trading of veteran players um that what that being uh aj brown from the tennessee titans to the philadelphia eagles and then tennessee he went back and going and drafting Traylon burks who is ultimately going to be uh aj brown's replacement uh monetarily as well (laughs) so uh, i think teams are now looking at it from the standpoint of instead of paying all this money why don't we just go ahead and draft uh potential replacement here uh, in dogs. So um, that's what I really saw um, in this particular draft. The reason why I stayed and watched this draft throughout, Danny, was uh, because um, there were a few players from my alma mater, Florida a and University, who um, were projected to uh, actually be uh, drafted. Mm-hmm. Uh, one person in particular who I was really clamoring and and hoping to really hear his name was none other than Marquise uh, Bell. And Marquise, uh, man, he had a, a great, great NFL combine. He actually went to the com- combine in Indianapolis and he performed very well. Um, he's had in, he had interviews with uh, Endall. He had um, uh, another interview with, 
on-site interview with uh, the Dallas Cowboys. And Marquise's accolades and credentials are first class, man. Um, he is an all-swack first team, played in the Legacy Bowl, uh, was in the Reese's Senior Bowl. Um, he's been swag defensive player of the week. I mean, all around, I mean, great player. 44140. Yep. Come on, man. And unfortunately, he, he did not get drafted. Now, he did uh, sign an undrafted uh, free agent contract uh, in Dahl. But when you think about, and this is just me talking. This is just Jason talking. But when you talk about wealth disparities and the gap in in how and when HBCU student athletes are drafted or not drafted, this reek of what happened. Marquise Bell should have been drafted. His projections to be drafted were like in the fourth round um, from what I've seen. Uh, and so I, I feel bad, but I feel happy at the same time because he did get signed by the Dallas Cowboys. He does have an opportunity to showcase his talent. Uh, but then also um, he does get a, a contract, uh, a guaranteed contract at that. Uh, and so from what I've seen, um, I've seen reports that he is guaranteed a $200,000 salary not to put his business out there but it is allegedly reported um through multiple channels there uh and media outlets uh with fifteen thousand dollars signing bonus do you know though if he was drafted in the fourth round he could have got significantly more mm-hmm. so my hope and prayer is that you know, this rattler goes out and does his thing and then goes ahead and signs on to a full-blown contract. But right after the draft happened, there were a lot of student athletes that went to the transfer portal, man. One being uh, Isaiah Land, also from an alma mater, uh, who played terrifically um, in for Florida A&M University. Uh, he, top defender in the FCS, moved to the transfer portal. Isaiah Land is a Buck Buchanan Award winner. My hope is that, yeah, he, he goes into the transfer portal, but he comes back to uh, Florida A&M University. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly why he went decided to go into the transfer portal. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it had anything to do with the fact that Marquise did not get drafted. I don't know if it has anything to do with uh, potentially a new uh, athletic director coming on board. Uh, but man, when, when student athletes see or don't see a great student athlete get drafted when he doesn't get drafted, mm-hmm. that starts to kind of go into the mind of student athletes to say, well, shoot, if he didn't get drafted and he was all world, what is that going to do to me and my potential? And my, my potential of getting drafted. Yeah. So, 
man, I think we're in, in some kind of dilemma. Coach Prime, he had a quote here. He says, uh, this is flat out wrong. You go into the portal because you don't think you can go pro from a HBCU. Well, a few went yesterday and over 20 went from FCS schools. Be the change that we all desire. Don't run from the challenge. Willie Simmons is a great coach and does a, an amazing job with exposing his kids and preparing them. I pray he changes his mind and goes back to FAMU because ain't no sure thing you're going to get the reps, exposure, and recognition somewhere else. Just mm -hmm. because it looks green don't mean it's grass. Yep, That's a quote for, directly from Coach Prime off of his uh, Twitter. Um, and I would just say this about Coach Willie Simmons. He is a great coach. Um, and this is his quote um, that he gave to Tallahassee.com or Tallahassee Democrat. His quote, there are a lot of moving parts with the portal. We as coaches don't have to don't have a hand in it. Right now we are in fact finding stage ourselves. Obviously, I would love for him to stay. And that's a quote from uh, Coach Willie Simmons. So we'll see what happens, Danny. And now, Danny, on to our interesting trading card scenario. Who we got? Today's scenario, Jason, is Drew Holiday's 2009 Topps Chrome rookie card for Gary Payton Sr., his 1990 Upper Deck rookie card. couple quick bios. Drew Holiday was the 17th overall pick out of UCLA by the 76ers. One-time All-Star, three-time All-Defensive Team, one championship. Career averages 16.2 points, four rebounds, 6.4 assists, 46% field goal percentage. Gary Payton, second overall pick out of Oregon State by the Seattle Supersonics. Nine-time All-Star, nine-time All-NBA, one-time Defensive Player of the Year, Hall of Famer, one championship. Career averages 16.3 points, four rebounds, 6.7 assists, 46% field goal percentage. Jason, who do you want in your portfolio? Danny, this was tough. But I'm going with Drew Holiday. I want him in my portfolio because I can tell the story of how he helped Milwaukee Bucks actually go ahead and win a championship. One of the major plays in that series, in the final series, was down in Phoenix where he stripped Booker uh, mm -hmm. and alley-oop to uh, Giannis. He could have backed it out, but decided to go for it. Alley-oop to Giannis. That's a play that's going to uh, go be played forever until the end of time uh, for the NBA. So I'm going with Drew Holiday. I can tell that story. Uh, the glove, it has a great nickname. We got to give a nickname to Drew Holiday, but the glove has a great nickname. And he went to the finals against the Bulls. But he didn't beat the Bulls. And he did win a championship with Miami. Mm -hmm. But he was not nearly the same glove as he was in Seattle. I'm going with Drew because right after he won the finals, he flew on over to win an Olympic gold. That's a story I can tell who you got. Jason, this one was tough, man. And it was funny looking at this scenario, not even looking at the numbers until we – they're exactly the same. The same, yeah. <laughs> exactly the same. <laughs> and I'm looking at this, man, and I, the glove with the history with Seattle 
in those years with Sean Kemp. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And those years, they just couldn't get over the hump because the Bulls were in their way or Utah was in their way. And Gary Payton, lockdown defender. So if you're looking at Drew Holiday now, you never watched Gary Payton. Gary Payton was that dude before Drew yep. Holiday. Yep. Just all up in you talking smack. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All up in your grill. Wasn't scared of the moment. And they just couldn't get over the hump. Mm-hmm. And I look at Drew. And Drew was one of my favorite players, man. Once I saw him start shining in New Orleans, and now is when I start claiming for him when the Bucks actually went and got him. Mm-hmm. I thought that was the missing piece because he's a great defender. He wasn't scared of the moment. He was in the playoffs. He hit some big shots for the Pelicans when he was there. Um, and obviously what he did in the championship mm-hmm. run last year. So when I look at the card – I'm going to go Gary Payton's card at this time. I look at this, though. If the Bucks repeat, I may have to go for a trade and go for Drew Holiday's card because <laughs> two championships back-to-back in Milwaukee. Come on, man. You can't beat that. Come on, man. So even though the glove has, you know, his, he's a Hall of Famer, everything, all the accolades he has, Drew Holiday to do what he's done, and team up with Giannis to make this championship run and possibly mm-hmm. go back to back. Then I want his car. Right now, I'm going to go Gary Payton's car. Thank you for joining us at Backports Talk Podcast. You can also join us on Twitter by tweeting us at back underscore podcast. For more information, you can go to our website, which is backporchtalkpodcast.com. You can also email us at backporchtalkpodcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you for joining us. And remember that there's enough hate in the world. So go ahead and spread a little love.